It's time for a, a brand new week of fantasy baseball discussion right here at the Baseball Elite Podcast. Kyle Ulfrich and Ray Flowers with you. We uh, welcome all of our regular I- listeners. And, and of course, this Monday edition um, is the free edition. Um, so all the cheap folks get to listen. Although I shouldn't say that, Ray. Um, th- there are subscribers listening, too. It's just our audience is bigger today than it usually is. I guess. There you go. Yeah. Kyle, don't put people down. That's my yeah, job. Yeah. You need to stay pure. That's called being a jerk of a host. Um, we welcome everyone. None of you are different from the others. Now, I will say, um, if you're a subscriber, you get the midweek podcast and the weekend podcast. Uh, th- this early week uh, podcast is free to everybody. But he- here's what you miss out on if you don't subscribe. Because I was saying, just last week, here's all the things Ray Flowers did for us on this podcast. Now, only subscribers heard these things. Not the free folks, but... Um, Ray gave us the uh, secret routine recipe, if you will, uh, to kind of making your own Chick-fil-A sandwich at home. Um, he told us how to mow your lawn through like mind control. Uh, he did save a falling child from imminent injury. He gave you a quick 10 minute workout that will let you lose like 15 pounds in a week and you can still chomp on bo- burgers and fries all week. Um, there was even the moment last week where Ray pointed out a certain cryptocurrency that's going to go from four cents to over $500 by June 1st. And then Ray, beyond all that, you also gave us the keys to fantasy baseball success. Now, again, Ray, that was for subscribers only, but that should entice a lot of the free listeners to sign up. You would think, I mean, that, that, that level of, uh, Foresight and knowledge and expertise is rare to find in this world. I'll be honest with you, Kyle. I, I, I really noodled a lot to come up with those answers, and I appreciate you remembering every one of them, list them there. Well, that was only half of them. I mean, we only have like an hour or so to get through everything. So I didn't want to go through the entire list. Uh, but you can head over to uh, Fantasy Guru or, or any of the family, you know, like Elite Fantasy, any of that stuff. Um, sign up, become a subscriber. You get the podcast for free. So You'll get it three times a week. Like I said, early, midweek, and weekend is kind of how we do things. How we also do things is giving you a rundown at the start of the show of what we're going to talk about today. We call it our starting nine, one through nine. Here's the lineup uh, for today's edition of the Baseball Elite Podcast. Uh, We're going to start in the leadoff spot with a guy we've started a lot, um, I think, in the number one spot this year. Uh, Fernando Tatis Jr., uh, perhaps the greatest fantasy weekend ever. I don't know. I'm just kind of throwing that out, but it was a pretty insane weekend for Fernando Tatis Jr. So we'll talk about that in the two hole. This kind of piggybacks on Tatis Jr. He comes off the COVID list and and he's killing it. You know, another guy who came off the COVID list and is really killing it. Teoscar Hernandez. We'll go through what he's done since returning from COVID protocol in the three hole. We got a little home run derby going on between Jesse Winker Austin Riley and Miguel Sano. So we'll talk about those free swingers coming up. News and notes in the four spot. We'll take a look at the uh, winning waiver bids from our SiriusXM host league. Ray and I are part of that league. Uh, We'll tell you what the bids were for certain players on Sunday night. That's in the five spot. In the six hole, we'll take a player profile of Cody Poteet. Wait a second, Cody Poteet? Nobody even knew who that guy was three weeks ago. Maybe people are starting to pay attention after a good start on Sunday. Seven spot, we'll take a look at some of the weekly planner highlights. Rob Povia had that article over at Fantasy Guru. We'll uh, spotlight a few of the things that he pointed out to. In the eight hole, it's our random reference. And as always, we'll close things down with our stamp of approval at the bottom bottom of the lineup uh, going in the nine spot. But Ray, let's start at number one. Let's start with a guy who, gosh, I guess is becoming the number one 
fantasy baseball asset, uh, Fernando Tatis Jr. And Ray, you and I talked about this on the Sirius XM show over the weekend, but it only got better after we shut up because he had another huge Sunday. And, and this is pretty wild. He comes back Thursday and in four games, Ray, 11 for 14, four doubles, four homers, three walks, three steals, tons of RBIs. Like I said, I don't know, Ray, is it the greatest fantasy weekend ever? You know, four-game run over a weekend? I, maybe Fernando Tatis can can state claim to that title. He is the first pay- baseball player since Babe Ruth in 1932 to hit 750 with three walks and 12 RBIs over a four-game span. Now, <laughs> I wish I had a computer that could help me do that. <laughs> How fantastic would my life be if I was Stats Inc.? Um, but, yeah, I mean – 1932 was the last time someone did it, and it's Babe Ruth. Um, yeah, and we're not asking for like a four-month run. This was a four-game run yeah. that he had. Yeah, and we touched on this uh, on Sunday on SiriusXM. We're on three, 3 to 5 Saturday and Sunday on SiriusXM. We're also on uh, from 10 to 12 Eastern on Friday nights. And we talked about Tatis, and we both said, hey, look, we've been wrong. And we explained why that was, and I'll just reiterate it here. You know, Tatis has been not just great, he's been phenomenal. There's no adjective you can use to describe him that'd be incorrect. He has been stupendous, miraculous, all those kind of things. The question is the shoulder. How long is it going to hold up? I mean, that's really what this comes down to. And we, I haven't heard a story or someone mentioned his shoulder in four weeks. Yeah. You know, and it's like everyone has just forgotten that that's an issue, Kyle, and it's still there. Yeah, and it can pop up on a swing, on a dive, on a throw. We just don't know. Now, hey, I have no issue admitting when I'm wrong. And and my thing with Tatis Ray is I don't think he's going to reach the numbers that we all projected coming into the season. I think there will be more shoulder issues. Um, I I even told people, hey, I'd I'd be willing to trade Tatis. You know, I really would and, and try to get two or three pieces back. Obviously, everybody hates me if they followed that advice. I get it. You know, hey, it comes with the comes with the uh, <laughs> with the lay of the land, I guess, in the fantasy universe. But there are still those concerns for the time being, though. Ray, honestly, who else is doing what he's doing? I mean, nobody. I mean, the average is all the way up. He has gone on such a heater here that you're now talking about a guy hitting three ten, and like three weeks ago, it was two forty. I mean, th- this is is wild. And the other part, Ray, the stolen bases. I really thought those would be a concern with this shoulder injury, just the simple fact of diving and running and, you know, jumping around and all that stuff. You know, you thought, I thought he'd protect the shoulder. Uh, maybe it's the ignorance of youth. It, he's not protecting that shoulder. He, he's going all out still 10 stolen bases. Like that is in, in today's baseball game, in today's fantasy world, that is just remarkable to, to see a guy already 13 home runs and 10 stolen bases that in and of itself c- combined with a 310 average again it, it makes him like the best dude in fantasy baseball and we're only 30 games into the season yeah a lot of people have uh, some issues with the ESPN player writer for baseball I've heard that I've read articles about it but just you know it's a free one everyone can, can access and right now Fernando Tatis is the number one player in fantasy baseball according to ESPN's play writer and, and like he's said, played in, in roughly where yep. what he's played like 75, 80% of the games that yeah. the other guys have played. Yeah. It's, it is again, whatever adjective you want to use is accurate. It's been just remarkable. And I think I saw this in the last 162 games. It's like, you know, 49 home runs and 36 steals. I mean, it's, <laughs> he, he's, he's basically getting into, you know, Eric Davis, Ricky Henderson kind of, I mean, it's just insane. Insanity. I mean, this is, you know, it's just so amazing. And, the the run over the weekend, like you said, I think the 
the biggest wow factor all of a sudden is the batting average, which was even when he was being successful, you know, a week ago, um, the batting average wasn't there. And now that's back too. he's again, he's a remarkable talent. It's not, it's not that. And, you know, it, it's just a physical situation. And like you said, we sat here on this podcast and, you know, a month ago said, you know, trade Tatis. And if you, you know, if you can get Francisco Lindor, give it a shot. It's, that's been horrible. It's been horrible advice. We suck. <laughs> not you. I was more so me. I suck. Like it was wrong. Now, and I said this on Sirius too, if we were to roll back the clock a month ago, Ray, what would you say? I would say the exact same thing. So people have a hard time, I think, you know, because you get bashed. You get bashed. I get bashed all the time. You get bashed for this stuff. And it's like you, you take all the information you got at the time and you make the best call. And, you know, in hindsight, doesn't change anything. If you go back in time, you're still making that same decision because it was the right decision at the moment. And, and one thing to keep in mind with the Padres, you, you look at these four games that Tatis had over the previous weekend. Ray, for the first time in 2021, he hit fourth in this lineup. So I, it, it's kind of wild to think he, he lands in the fourth spot and all of a sudden he goes Babe Ruth on us. Now, for the, for the previous run of games, remember he was on the COVID list and, and you know, Will Myers and you know all these things going on with the lineup. Machado's been injured of late. It's like, okay, when Machado gets back, um, now that Meyer's back, you know, you got Cronenworth going well. Tatis has usually been number two, number one for this team hitting. Can you possibly pull him out of the four hole? I mean, Hosmer now is batting fifth. Um, Cronenworth has actually been killing it as a number three hitter over the past 10 days. I mentioned Machado before his injury, he was hitting second. This is still a San Diego team, Ray kind of trying to find out where everybody fits. And, and we're getting deep into the fantasy weeds here, um, you know, of, of why this matters. But can you possibly move Tatis? I, I don't think you can. It's only four games. But my goodness, the guy's just unstoppable. And you can say, well, hitting fourth has nothing to do with that. And you're probably right. Mm -hmm. But <laughs> you can't deny that all of a sudden, when, <laughs> when he got to the number four hole, he looked like the greatest slugger in the history of baseball. Yeah, I mean, it's such a small sample size and all that kind of stuff. You know that. I know that. Um, but I, I see no reason to change what is working. Yeah. So I agree with you that that's kind of just the way it is right now. And that's the way it should stay right now. And Everyone's happy. Everyone's productive. It's working. Do it. And it's not, it's not a nonsensical move. Like you look at the angels lineup on Sunday. Like I don't, what planet was that a good lineup? I have no idea. Okay. But batting Tatis fourth. I mean, that that's something you can defend. Keep doing it. But, but most people would say coming into the season, that guy has got to hit second and mm -hmm. fantasy owners would have wanted to hit him second because it's more plate appearances or even lead off more plate appearances. You also think, Hey, more stolen base opportunities. If you're up there in the order again, he's had three steals as a cleanup hitter. So it's good to see Ray that even hitting fourth and we don't traditionally, well, we don't think of guys like Tatis hitting fourth really. And we certainly don't think of number four hitters stealing bases. It's good to see there was still carryover, despite the fact that he was quote unquote, the cleanup hitter for the Friars. Yeah, absolutely. And you know, that is a concern that people have and it's a legitimate concern because it's not just, Hey, he's hitting four. So he's not gonna get as many plate appearances. It's that he's in a scenario where, you know, he's, he's in a run producing spot and the people behind him, you know, fifth hitters traditionally are cleanup hitters with the hole. Like fifth hitters are supposed to be guys that drive in hundred runs on good teams or 90 runs, right? There's that's their job. They're you're usually really good at it. They just, maybe they strike out too much or something like that. So you don't want to necessarily be running into outs there either. If you've got a good lineup, it's more than four players deep. 
right? So that that's the concern. But some players pick their spots very well. Some players are just so talented that they just do it anyway, you know? And, and so you know, I think that Tatis, my sense is at this point that Tatis plays his game, whether he's hitting first or fourth or eighth, like he's just going to play his game. And, you know, the team is comfortable letting him do that. Yeah. You know, Tatis, those uh, four games back, it was not the shoulder that was uh, keeping him out in that time away. It was uh, exposure to COVID. So he, he was placed on the restricted list. The, you know, they had to do all the contract tracing and that. As we go to the two spot, Ray, um, another guy who came off the COVID list and it's been a much longer run than Tatis. We got to bring up Teoscar Hernandez. And, and this one kind of caught me off guard. I was just, you know, sifting around last night, early this morning, kind of looking at things and Teoscar Hernandez, since coming back from COVID, Ray, it's been 22 games, and it's 30 for 87, it's five homers, it's 22 ribbies, it's a couple of steals. There's been a ton of attention in Toronto on, you know, absolutely what Vlad Guerrero and Bo Bichette are doing. Teoscar Hernandez has just gone nuts over the last three weeks. And he's a, obviously a really good player. And, you know, everything has kind of gotten in the way for him, some injuries, you know, not a full time, not a full season, COVID. And so, you know, he hasn't had that breakout, that true breakout season. I mean, he basically did last year, but it was 50 games. So, you know, the yeah. numbers, he's not 30 home runs or 100 RBIs on his track record. He's a really good offensive performer in a really good lineup and a good place to hit. I think it's really fascinating to see the, the level of success he's having right now and how he's doing it in opposition to how he's done it in the past. And I, what, what, what I mean by that is, you know, his 882 OPS is, is right on par with that 919 mark from last year. It's very close now, but it's come in a different way. The slugging percentage is way down. The batting average is up. The on-base percentage is up. And the most fascinating thing to me is this is a player that is top 10 in the league in strikeouts in a bad way. Okay. His strikeout rate is awful. It's over 30% every year. It's awful. This year, it's 21%. Now, a lot of his season has been that hot run that you're mentioning here, Kyle. So, you know, this is not, hey, he's reached a new level here and we have to look at him totally differently. But the issue I and pretty much everyone else had with him is not that the power, not the run production. It's that this guy's going to hit 250 because he's striking out 31% of the time. If that number's 21% of the time, all of a sudden he's a potential 280 hitter and that changes his outlook completely. You know, as, as we sit here uh, Monday morning recording this, the uh, Blue Jays have a game this afternoon getting set for Tampa. Um, that game is in Dunedin. So, and, and I believe, right, this is the final game in Dunedin. They, they hit the road here and then they, they go to New York, they go to Cleveland. And I believe the plan is June 1st, they're in Buffalo um, as they slowly make their way northward and, and get back into Canada. So the reason I bring that up, Ray, and it's not so much Hernandez. If you look at Teoscar Hernandez, the guy's hitting home and away. But this Toronto team, Ray, is killing it overall at home. It's dramatically different from what they've done on the road. If you if you simply look at like OPS uh, at, at home, they're like 840 on the OPS on the road for Toronto. When they leave Dunedin, it's 660. I mean, that's that's Colorado Rockies esque mm -hmm. home and road splits with these great runs. Hernandez, um, Bichette, Vlad, even some other guys who've had big moments. Do you worry about the Blue Jays now with this move to Buffalo? And I, I know Buffalo is not an awful place to hit now that the weather's, you know, getting better, but it's probably still not done Eden. Do, do fantasy owners need to, to maybe adjust expectations, maybe even be proactive and think about what this means for hitters or even pitchers? I guess you could go out and say, hey, I feel better about this pitching staff 
now that they're out of that uh, kind of pinball machine down in Florida. Very few ballparks in North America are better than Dunedin to hit in. I mean, it's just, it's a wonderful place, but I don't think that, you know, Buffalo or even Toronto, those are bad offensive environments. So uh-huh. yeah, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not nervous. No. A- am I panicking? Absolutely not. It, would I be, you know, would I be logically expecting a little bit of a pullback, especially at home? Sure. I mean, yeah, I think that's totally fair, but we've said this all along, you know, when this lineup is healthy and going, it's almost as good as any in baseball one to nine. And, you know, at some points, you know, Marcus Simeon was slow and then he took off and Vlad's been good all season long. We're mentioning Teoscar Hernandez and early on it was Randall Gritchick and, you know, Lourdes Gurriel hasn't even hit yet, really. And then he's another guy that's a legitimate 25, 90 guy as a baseline, maybe even more than that. So this lineup is just chock full. I mentioned Bo Bichette. This lineup is just chock full of talent, top to bottom, uh, something to think about, sure, but nothing to be worried about. And, and they are in overall the uh, upper quadrant of the uh, American League. You know, you look at their numbers, all the, all the slash categories. Right now, they stand fourth in the AL in average, uh, fifth in OBP, third in slugging. And, and that's about where they were expected to be. Um, it is worth noting um, doubles and triples. They're 11th and 12th. Now, triples, who cares? But doubles, it's kind of surprising. Um, 11th in baseball and doubles. They're third in home runs in the American League with uh, 63. So overall, they've, they've been about what was expected. And Teoscar Hernandez just uh, red hot. And I'm not suggesting that anybody go get COVID and then expect to scale tall buildings in a single, single bound. Uh, but Tatis and Teoscar Hernandez, th- those guys have come back with a fury uh, following some exposure to COVID. Uh, moving along to the three spot in our uh, Baseball Elite podcast, and we talk about streaks. We talk about strikeouts, right? You were just touching on Teoscar Hernandez. I guess it's a natural move to the three-hole here, talking about home run derby going on over the past week uh, between your guy, Jesse Winker, who you love. I, th- I think you're going to go down in 2021 saying, see, I told you so on Jesse Winker. Uh, but don't forget Austin Riley has been going nuts of late with the Braves. Miguel Sano not going nuts, but he is hitting home runs. And Ray, I think certainly in the case of Riley and Sano, these guys are hugely streaky. Uh, We hope that's not the case with Winker. I don't think it is the case, but the last week for these three guys, been a lot of fun to watch. It seems like every time you're looking up, it's another two home run game for one of them. Maybe not all of them, but every night it seems like one guy's hitting two home runs or at least making a slow trot once around the base paths. Yeah, absolutely. Um, Sano is what he is, right? We all know it. Um, I, when I talked to Thad Levine of the, you know, Minnesota Twins. Name drop. Name drop. Um, you know, I asked him, I said, hey, look, you know, what, what, I nicely said, hey, man, the guy strikes out so much. Like, what are we going to do here? And he basically said, look, we know who he is. Yeah. And we're comfortable with it. And it's like, okay. I mean, he hits the ball as hard as anyone. He hits the ball as far as anyone. And he swings and misses as much as anyone. It's just how he, it is. He's baseball in 2021. Yeah. Um, and so, well, I'm not, that's not to discount the fact that he could hit 35 or 40 home runs in a season. He absolutely could. He could hit 50 if he stayed healthy for once and was locked in. But he's just not a hitter on the level of the other two guys. And, you know, Winker, like you said, Winker's my guy. And I wrote glowingly about him in the preseason. Everyone at Fantasy Guru knows it. They read the player profile and all that. Um, he is a great hitter. I think the concern with him was, you know, what's he going to do against lefties and is he going to be platooned? That was the concern people had. And he's blown through that and just, He's having a phenomenal season. It's all come together. Riley's the most intriguing of the three because Riley is doing things that we didn't anticipate him doing at this stage of his career. And, you know, we talked to Steve Phillips, name drop, 
um, yesterday on SiriusXM, the former GM, and we asked, I asked him, I said, what do you think is going on? And, you know, he gave an answer and, and basically it was that he's over his head right now, but he's been impressive. And that's basically mm-hmm. what you and I have said. Um, is he, you know, someone asked me, you know, is this legit? And I, that question to me always is like, what does that mean? Is he Mike Trout? Because that's what a slash line says. No, well, yeah, not. I mean, this past week, is that legit? Yeah. Well, no, he's not going to do that every week. But <laughs> like, you know, we talk about pedigree, right? He was a prospect for oh, years. Oh, absolutely. So, you know, I, I just look at it and the home runs are great and it's a good run now. What's notable here is, and this speaks to who he is. He's having this run, he's hitting these home runs. And yet still, if you just look at the last week, Zero walks, 10 whiffs. So let me put that in perspective, right? He is 11 for his last 23. So 11 times he's gotten a hit. That means he's made 12 outs. I'm doing a lot of remedial math here if you're following along. I I know numbers are difficult on on podcasts. Anyway, 12 outs. Mm -hmm. 10 of the 12 have been whiffs, Ray. Yeah. He's not changing his approach. All he's doing is trying to hit home runs. I mean, honestly, that's what this boils down to. He is just sitting up there and trying to kill the baseball. But that is what Austin Riley is. So legit. Okay. His approach that he has this week, totally legit. That's who he is. The results, that's not legit. That's, That's what will happen. And you can have a total 180 by this time next week with Austin Riley. He's, he's the same dude. He's always been Ray stand up there and just try to hit it a mile. It's just right now it's going well for him. Yeah. The really interesting thing is, cause I remember I was looking at him last week, right? His strikeout rate last week was like 23% for the season. Now it's 28. So like <laughs> you're saying, just boom like that. And that, you know, last year it was 24%, which was a great improvement over that rookie year where it was 36, where he was Miguel Sano. And it just goes to show you we're still at that point of the season where Tatis or Riley can have, or Hernandez, they can have a two or three week run. And all of a sudden their profile looks totally different. Right. So people need to keep that in the back of their minds. You know, if you look at his production right now, his isolated power mark this year is less than it was as a rookie, which is not, I mean, for those people that remember what he did as a rookie. Okay. But he's killing it right now. His isolated power is still less. His launch angle is down significantly. Okay. It was 21% as a rookie. It's 11% right now. So I, I'll take slight umbrage with he's just trying to hit home runs. I don't know if he's just trying to hit home runs as much as he's trying to hit the ball really hard because his launch angle is down. And he was down last year too, it was 14%. So I think he's, I think he's, um, I think he's made subtle changes, Kyle. I don't know if those subtle changes are actually the right changes given his skill set, though, to be honest. Um, normally I say, oh, this guy's a power hitter and I want him to lift the ball more. Or this guy's a power, like Fred Reyes. This guy's a power hitter, but he hits everything on the ground. We don't want Austin Riley in the zone where he's got an 11% launch angle. We want him 15% because that's really who he is. But it is fascinating to look at the totality of everything that's going on. I think that, you know, he's a legitimate 30 home run bat. He's a legitimate 90 RBI guy in that lineup. Those are legitimate goals for him this season. The batting average, there's no way he's hitting 300. Yeah. Yeah. He's like a 250 max guy, I kind of think. Um, so that could be a significant fall. Um, in closing, Winker right now, 13 homers. He's fourth in baseball, tied for fourth in baseball. Sano and Riley, even with this run, it kind of speaks to their nature. Um, they're still looking for their 10th home run. I think Riley has nine and Sano has eight. So Winker's off to an early lead here, Ray. Of the three, mm. of the three, who ends up with the most home runs this year? I would say Sano if he stays healthy, but I can't choose him because I don't, he never stays healthy. 
That's tough. Um, I'll go with Winker. I'll give it. It's, I think it'll be very, very close. That's a great question, and I'm not confident in that answer. You feel confident in all of them hitting 30? With health, yes. Okay. With health. Well, that could be any prediction, right? I know, Kyle, but you got to say it. Come on. <laughs> uh, let's move to the cleanup spot. Hit you with some uh, news and notes. Hey, speaking of a guy who supposedly hits Homer, homers and uh, has a lot of swing and miss in his game, got the news Monday morning, Ray, that Keston Ura being called back up by the Milwaukee Brewers. So what was it? About a week and a half, two weeks? Um, Keston Ura back with the Brewers and uh, set to rejoin this lineup. And you have to think he's being called up to play. So We'll see if the reset worked for him at AAA. Yeah, and I, I read a story on him over at The Athletic, and it talked about, you know, his mom's sick and dealing with some stuff. And it, it sounded like there was a lot of things going on with her, uh, you know, beyond just hitting a fastball, right? And uh, they sent him down, and he didn't play. They, they demoted him, and they just let him sit for a while to clear his head and everything. And you look up, and he played nine games down there, three home runs, eight runs scored, seven RBIs. He hit 438, and it's like, yes, this is Kessner again. 34% strikeout rate. Ugh. I mean, <laughs> well, that's Keston again. I know. And that that's, the th- it's like, you know, it was 36% in the bigs. It, he's got a lot of moving parts. I wrote about this in the preseason. He's got a lot of moving parts in that swing. When it's all locked in, he kills it. Hits the ball hard, drives the ball over the field. When it, when he's not got all the pieces moving, cause he's got a funky swing. It's disaster time. And let's just hope that he carries on the success he had at triple a, but he's not going to, if he keeps the strikeout rate that high. Well, and, and he doesn't work for everybody in fantasy leagues. I'm in a home league, Ray, and, and strikeouts count against you. So mm. it's like, I can't do it. Forget yeah, it. I, I just tough. can't. But in a lot of five-by-five five leagues with that first base, second base stuff, middle mm-hmm. infield, corner infield, you know, the fact that the power is legit, I, I mean, he is perfectly worth a shot if you can grab him. And you don't have to start him immediately, but it, it, there's just too much talent there. And I think opportunity is still there that Ura has to be picked up in a lot of five-by-five five leagues. Yeah, I would agree. If he's available, he needs to be added. You know, I, I don't have any doubt that that's the right move to make because we've all talked about this. You just mentioned the, the positional flexibility and the league's hitting 235. So if he's hitting 235, who cares? You're not falling behind. It's not helping. It's not falling behind. But he has the ability to, you know, he has the ability to hit 30 home runs in the bigs. He has the ability to steal 15 bases in the bigs and he plays first base as an eligible. Like players just don't do that in 2021. He's got to be added. Well, and, and, you know, Ura goes to the minor leagues and becomes Kestner again and getting called up by Milwaukee. I don't know if you caught it, Ray. Uh, Taylor Trammell, another guy who failed in the big leagues, he was sent to the minors by Seattle at almost the exact same time as Ura. Um, you look up right now, and his return to AAA, Taylor Trammell, five homers in 10 games. He's hitting mm-hmm. 5'10". Yeah, pretty his OPS good. is like 1,500. It's, <laughs> it's like Taylor. And, and I think I said, I don't know if it was on this podcast, maybe somewhere else, but it was like, Okay, I think we're kind of done with Taylor Trammell. You know, Kellenic gets called up and the Mariners are moving on. Maybe we aren't when you put up these kind of numbers in 10 games. Well, he's 23 years old and he's a first, he was a first round pick, right? He's, he's been on the Reds, he's been on the Padres, he's on the Mariners. Now, like first round picks don't end up with three teams, you know, before they've played 50 games in the big leagues, do they? Like that's very rare. So everyone sees the talent, but there's there's also questions, right, that have caused organizations to move on from him. And you're right, he... He went down to AAA and he wasn't happy about it, um, <laughs> to put it bluntly. And he has mashed. You don't hit 500 even over a 10 game period at, at AAA. You don't do that. You know, you just don't. And he's been spectacular um, down there. And we'll see him again at some point. You know, someone will yeah. get hurt or whatever. And, well, and Seattle's so bad offensively. Yeah. Right? They can't ignore 
not being done at AAA. <laughs> they absolutely can't. And not that this has any, you know, anything here to do, but Jared Kelnick is hitting 135. Hmm. So, you know, and, and this, there's a big jump between AAA and the majors. Sure. I'm learning that, huh? <laughs> yeah, sure. There's a big jump, but this also, you know, Jared Kelnick right now is hitting like Taylor Trammell was when he was up. Hmm. I mean, it's the same production. And again, I'm not talking about where they're going to be in five years or who's more talented. I'm just saying, as we talk about all the time, this game's not easy. It's just not. And, and Kelnick through 10 games has been a blah. He's hitting, he's got a 470 OPS. And that's what got Trammell sent down to the minor leagues. Yeah. yeah. Speaking of the minors, uh, Detroit making a move. Jacoby Jones sent to AAA. Victor Reyes uh, has been recalled there. Um, I mentioned the IL stint for Kevin Biggio. Uh, cervical spine ligament strain over the weekend. Um, also over the weekend, Framel Reyes of the Indians, abdominal uh, injury. He's down. Kenta Maeda, who's been killing fantasy players this year. Big, big disaster for the most part. Um, abductor, abductor strain slash growing for him. He's going to go to the IR. Victor Robles of Washington with an ankle injury. I, I think for fantasy players, Ray, Maeda and Biggio disappointing. Robles disappointing. Reyes has not been disappointing. Um, he's been solid. He's been doing what you pay him to do. He hits home runs. Mm -hmm. But uh, all these guys, um, kind of tough to, to lose them. Mm -hmm. I think in Robles' situation, uh, depending on your IL, you know, cluster, you know, do you have enough spots? Do you have too many guys on the IL? You might move on from Robles, which is tough to do. But the other guys, you just got to hold on and cross your fingers and, and hope they're back soon. Yeah, this podcast, as you mentioned, is free. And you, you talked about at the beginning some things we told folks that we'd, you know, on the private ones, on the subscription models on Wednesday and Saturday. I'll, I'll relay something that we've been talking about on those all season long. Uh, something we haven't really said here on the free podcast. That And that is that everyone gets hurt. That's it. No, I'm just kidding. There's nothing. <laughs> everyone gets hurt. It's This is just... <sighs> I mean, like you said, cervical spine ligament sprain. I don't know what that means. It doesn't sound good. It doesn't, that's not, doesn't sound good. Maybe that's what I've got. I don't know. But yeah, this is just, I mean, it's, I hate to use, you know, war terminology and stuff because it's so trite, but it's like, this is just a battle. It's, you're, you're in the trenches, man, and you're digging for everything you got. Every a at bat. Every, yeah, <laughs> it's just every day someone goes down. Every day, the injury, you know, we get the, oh, the nick, we get, the, I got to sit out two days, we get, I'm going to be out 10 days, we get, I'm going to be out four weeks. It just happens every day. And it's, it's brutal. Cause I mean, think about it. You could have had Biggio, Reyes, Maeda, Robles on your team. Mm -hmm. like you, could, you could have easily drafted those. And boom, 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 boom. It's just, oh, and I, we've talked about Robles. I would try to hold. We talked about this. He was hitting 277 at a 358 on base percentage his last 16 games. Okay. But I get it hasn't been productive and he's hurt and you need roster sp spots when you get all these injuries um that's why you go to the waiver wire um and as we get to the five spot here in the uh, baseball elite starting nine uh let's go to that five hole every monday we like to uh recap how the bidding went in our serious xm host league ray and i are both a part of this league ray doing much better than i am right now in that league uh ray uh even after the home run on sunday by andrew vaughn mm -hmm. You still dumped him. I did. You dumped Andrew Vaughn. You pick up Danny Santana for $13. Now, you said you and Jeff Manns are co-managing this. Right. Jeff's like a big Andrew Vaughn guy. Did you do this behind his back, make this move? Yes. Oh, jeez. Does he well, know yet? No, he probably doesn't. Does he know yet? There's no way he checked the waiver wire. No, he doesn't know yet. Um, Jeff's advice to me, uh, really, in that league has been the following. Let me know when we catch Ted Schuster. That's basically Jeff's involvement. In that's the been right in now. first for, for the whole season. He's doing great. He has, yeah. We're, we're reeling him in slowly here, but he has been in first place all year. Um, 
Yeah, we did make the move for Andrew Vaughn. And, and, you know, the home run was great and everything, but he hasn't hit. I mean, he just hasn't hit. And, you know, he hit 150 last week. The last two weeks he hit 150. The last month he hit 219. He just hasn't hit. And, you know, he's getting a chance to play, and it's good for his development and all that. But he has no speed, and he doesn't hit. And so, you know, we took a ch- chance on Danny Santana. It's 13 bucks out of 1000 so there's there's no investment here. But, uh, you know, taking a shot that will get a little bit of uh, power and a little bit of speed from a guy that qualifies at multiple positions. Uh, a couple of other moves there. Uh, Howard Bender was uh, spending some cash. He went out and got uh, Daniel Bard, 77 bucks. Hansel Robles, 126. And I think we've talked before about Howard in this league. He's kind of scrambling for relievers. Um, you know, he just doesn't. I, I think he's got, I'm looking at his team now. So Romano's back. Tyler Rogers really isn't closing. Uh, Ryan Presley's been fine. Atavino's not closing. Who knows with Rafael Dolis. So he's kind of, he's scrambling Ray for some saves here, but that's a lot of money um, for Bard and and then following it up with Robles. Yeah. And you never know what the other bids are going to be, but the other bid in this league for Daniel Bard was three bucks. Uh, yeah. So that was, and, and I'm looking for the Robles one. The Robles one was eight. Well, and Blake Trinan went for 21 and I, I think he's very comparable to those guys. I mean, uh-huh. he doesn't get the ninth inning. I don't know if those guys even really have the ninth inning, though. Yeah, I added myself Robles in a 12-team. This is a 12-team league, right? In a 12-team league, uh, a keeper league I'm in, I added him for 23 out of 1,000. And again, mm-hmm. you know, so I think I think Howard overspent, clearly. Um, but, you know, like you're saying, you got to get your guy. And I, I just – I hate to be in a position. And I'm in a position – I'm in the FSG – let's pull this up. I'm in the FSGA league right now. Not to have a 14-team – mixed league pull up the standings here uh i'm in third place right now and oh that's not the right league it's labor sorry let me pull that one up Kyle. Ray, raisin probably a dozen leagues i'm in a so bunch of leagues. wondering why ray can't keep his leagues yeah straight. i i was in first i was in first place yesterday i'm now in second place by half a point okay so this is a 15 team mixer league labor i'm in second place overall i'm dead last in saves okay so I've got, I'm 15th, I'm first in strikeouts, first in ERA, first in whip, last in saves. I'm in that same spot as Howard is, where, you know, you're, you got to hunt for the saves. And, you know, when you're hunting for saves, Daniel Bard, Hansel Robles, it's like, I just can't pull myself to do that, Kyle. You know, it's like, mm-hmm. if I can get them for eight bucks, 10 bucks, 20 bucks, like I said, okay. But if I got to be more aggressive than that for guys at that level, even in a league where I need saves, I'm just really reluctant to give it a shot. Yeah, so again, Howard going over $200 total for Bard and Robles and Trinan, who I mentioned, $21. Now, some other big bids here. Uh, Gregory Polanco, $141. Tyler Naquin, $77. Uh, again, 12-team league. Um, you know, Polanco's a guy literally two weeks ago you could have gotten for $10, bucks, but but he's on a hot streak now. And, and he's one of those guys, always talented, always tempting. You just never know if it's going to click. Uh, Josh Fuentes for nine. Spencer Turnbull, Ray, had that no-hitter, mm-hmm. um, $57 here. He also has a two-start week. So, you know, he's with Detroit. We know what's going on there with Turnbull. But uh, coming off the great effort, the overall numbers are solid this year and the two-start week. Not a bad get at $57. No, I think it's expensive. I mean, like Johnny Cueto, Anthony Aniano also got Cueto for 23 For the duration, I'd rather have Cueto. I mean, in, tap, in less than half as much money. Uh, it's not a bad pickup to get Turnbull. He's pitching well, as you noted. Good, good, you know, schedule as you noted. But he's really just a guy. It's all it's league average everywhere with him, and he doesn't get the run support to get the victories. 
you know, one thing I'll throw out there in that league, I'm struggling. It's, it's been a mess. And before the season, I kind of embraced this strategy of going with big arms, high leverage relievers, guys who maybe have the seventh or eighth inning and then crossing my fingers that they get the ninth. In effect, I don't think I really drafted anybody who was a closer. The closest I came was Alex Colomay with Minnesota. That's failed. So if you look at my team, um, you, you talk about scrambling for saves. I'm not only dead last, Ray, I'm, I'm a mile behind anybody. Hundreds of miles. I think I got three saves in that league. Yeah. I mean, it's, so I'm, I'm done with it. Right. Not going for saves is a waste of my time. So I'm not bidding on Hansel Robles and trying and because the, the ground I've got to make up is still immense. And I do still have some guys who are seventh or eighth inning guys. So maybe I get an injury at some point. And they become the dude. But Ray, I was looking at my team uh, because of the fact that I have all these relievers and they've been okay. You know, Cole made not very good. A couple other guys have been a struggle. Looking at my team this morning, it's like, okay, I'm all in on the rest of the year. I'm going to have to go after two start pitchers right. in this weekly league because my wins are junk and my K's are junk. And I think I can make up some ground there, but it's going to be a long slog. There's that word again. It's, mm -hmm. it's a slog. Um, and so now my bidding, and I have no problem telling you this because, you know, I'm not even in your rearview mirror yet. But, you know, it's just going to be going after mediocre two-start pitchers mm -hmm. every waiver period. Uh, that's where I'm at as, as we sit in like week eight of the season is it's time to get busy over the final 15 weeks. And every week I'm going to be sitting there and probably looking at like five lousy two-start pitchers, Ray, and just kind of guessing, okay, who has the best opportunity to get a win and who has the best opportunity to maybe average a K per inning. That, that's what I'm looking for the rest of the season with my money. Yeah, and I know that there are a lot of people that are going to start falling into this boat, right? It will be two months in here pretty soon. You can start assessing where you're at, start looking at the standings, all that kind of stuff. And in order to help people do that, because again, this is a free podcast. Not everyone's aware that Rob Povia does a weekly preview piece. Uh, comes out every Sunday. Uh, Vlad Seller does the, the fab piece that comes out Saturday. Uh, Rob's preview piece comes out Sunday and Rob is, I mean, this, we've talked about this. We've had him on the podcast before. It's fantastic. Um, and he talks about, you know, how many games each team has in the coming week. What's the projection versus lefties and righties. Are they, you know, is it home or away games played? He goes through all the two start pitchers. Like you're talking about Kyle he even ranks the two start pitchers. Um, so I think that's a great resource as well for people looking to do what you do. And there will be more people falling into that boat soon. Yeah, and here in just a bit, we'll talk about some of the highlights of Rob's most recent piece uh, that came up over the weekend. So we'll spotlight that a little more. As we move along here, um, let's go to the sixth spot in our uh, starting nine. Ray, in that league we were just talking about and talking about the waiver bidding, um, I noticed that nobody went for Cody Petit. Nobody in this 12-team league. Um, on Sunday, Cody Petit, seven shutout innings, three hits allowed. Um, three starts this year for the Marlins, Ray, mm -hmm. two wins, an ERA of one zero six and a whip that is, you know, like 0.7 Cody Petit. Why, why, why is nobody adding Cody Petit? Cause no one knows how to say his name. Yeah. <laughs> what no am I saying it incorrectly? No, is I think you are. No, I think you are. <laughs> is um, this the latest Huasker Inwa? <laughs> yeah. Right. Go look it up. Well, I think that the issue, like you look at the Marlins and the Marlins have all kinds of talent, right? We're seeing Rodgers go off. They've got Max Meyer, who's one of the best pitching prospects in baseball. They got Sixto Sanchez. You know, those, those guys are you know, crazy talented. And they're the names you talk about when you discuss the Marlins. When you talk about Potit, he's not even like, he doesn't register 
like he's his talent is so far behind the other guys that he's just wasn't someone coming up that was excited about but where are we at today um we're at today with a guy that is pitching extremely well as you noted but one that's been extremely fortunate and doesn't profile to be this kind of pitcher um the batting average of balls plays in the 190s the left on base percentage is 94 percent i mean these are impossible no no i say that sometimes these are impossible numbers like you know the best pitcher Caden Kershaw at his peak, it's impossible numbers. He doesn't miss bats. He's got a strikeout rate of, you know, seven less than seven per nine, 21% actual strikeout rate is below the league average. So we've got a guy who's pitching over his head. We've got a guy who's been fortunate. We got a guy who doesn't strike anyone out. Um, and by the way, you know, his fly ball rates approaching 50% and he hasn't been bit by the long ball that will change. So he, he's someone that, you know, again, you're going to the waiver wire. You got to make moves and you want to pick up someone who's in a nice groove. He fits there, but he just doesn't profile very well. He's right. No love for, yeah. for Cody Poteet. Um, now, another reason maybe nobody picked him up is I think his next start uh, scheduled to be next weekend um, on the road at Boston. So that's not good. People probably scared of, of that start uh, for Cody Poteet. I will throw out, Ray, I was just looking this up. Um, his his Twitter handle Ooh, is po tweet. Uh-huh. <laughs> I like that. underscore thirty four. I guess his uniform number, but po tweet. Now before you get excited, I think that's very creative. Po tweet yes. for Cody Poteet. Um, I don't believe he's made a post since like twenty seventeen. Oh, that's unfortunate. Yeah, 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 but he is the same guy because it says he's he's in the Marlins organization, but. He's not really much of a follow, despite the fact that he has over a thousand followers. Well, so. maybe he'll pick that up. Yeah, he could do something with that if he was uh, a little more uh, active. Oh, yeah. yeah. What, what was the guy that we always talked to? Logan, what's his name? Jeez. Uh, no, Morrison. Uh, Morrison. Logan Morrison. Right? Is that it? Yeah. Is yeah, he yeah. still Lomo? Yeah. Is he yeah. still pretty active and everything? Yeah, he's still, yeah. He's calling people out. He's talking trash. Is he even in baseball anymore? Is Logan Morrison playing anywhere? No, I don't believe he is. Okay. Wrong. Let's look that up as I'm talking. He's about. Just I don't yelling at people on Twitter, so yeah. now he's like your great grandfather. Yeah, he's yelling at him on Twitter. He yells on. I saw him yelling at him some video work. Uh, <laughs> he was calling people out for pay players for cheating the other day. Um, Maybe he should have thought of tweeting when, he, or thought cheating. of uh, cheating when he was a, a player. He is not playing this year, according to his page. Correct. Okay, Logan Morrison. Man, he he was a legend at one point. Not really. He was just kind of a fun guy to talk to, and, and he was supposed to be something, but. My gosh, we're almost doing our random reference right now, Ray. We, he had 38 it. home runs one year. Yeah. But yeah, he, you're right. Uh, random reference still to come. <laughs> uh, that's in the eight spot. Uh, the seven spot is the weekly planner highlights. You mentioned the Rob Pobia article. Uh, a good write-up up the start talking about stolen bases this year. Um, they are slightly up in terms of attempts, in terms of success, all that. So if you're into the stolen bases thing, there's some numbers there that Rob has. Um, you mentioned some of the weekly features that he has, Ray. He always talks about seven game weeks, six game weeks, uh, five game weeks. This week, Boston, Houston, and Atlanta, three mm-hmm. good offenses, only five games. Now, Ray, I ask you, I say good offenses like Bogarts, JD Martinez, and you know, Jose Altuve, and you know, Jordan Alvarez, and Alex Gregman, and then you've got Freddie Freeman, Ozzy Albies, Ronald Acuna, Austin Riley. Five game weeks. It, I guess you still have to play those guys. I find it hard to believe even with a seven game week for someone else is that backup who gets seven games really going to be better than five games of like JD Martinez. I almost think you just have to bite the bullet and keep playing those superstars. Yeah. I mean, are you going to, what are you turning to Donovan Solano or Mikel Franco? Like, eh, 
there. So I think you're right. Um, you know, if there's a player that's on the edge and you're, you know, you don't know, you know, like what to do, like a Dansby Swanson struggling, you're going to sit him this week on the breaks. They have five games. Eh, maybe, you know, you're going to bench Acuna. You're going to bench JD Martinez. No, you're not doing that kind of stuff. So yeah, it sucks that they have five games this week. If you're setting your lineup once, but you know, basically any tier one, you know, player, and you know what those guys are, those guys don't sit. It, well, is it, Austin Riley a tier one player? He is at this point. Yeah. You know, just because of the way he's going, I would say yes. And uh, do I think, as we discussed earlier, he is for the season? No. But for the for the sake of this argument, I would say yes. Uh, a lot of teams with seven games, one of them being the White Sox, um, they're all at home. And so it should be a good weekend for the Pale Hose. That's the fifth best home run park in baseball so far. Um, two start pitchers are listed over there at the Weekly Planner. Um, one guy that, that Rob pointed out is a good streamer, if you still have this opportunity, Colt Irvin of Oakland. Uh, versus Seattle and versus the Angels. And and Rob mentions this in his piece, right? And we've talked about Irvin before, but those two starts are really tempting. He did get lit up one game by Houston, and it's really muddied up his line because he's been a good pitcher this year. And with these matchups, you know, Seattle's a mess, and the Angels don't have Mike Trout. This is actually a good week to stream Cole Irvin. It is, yeah. And Irvin's pitched very well, very effective. Uh, he's kind of done the... Last year's Chris Bassett thing where he's kind of flown under the radar and you look at the numbers and you're like, hey, this guy's pitched really well. And so we've got Urban there. And then we've also got Austin Gomber. Um, if you want to get go in that direction, Vlad Sedler throughout Austin Gomber is the guy that he's potentially looking at this week. If you're, you know, you got Stones, right? Because he's facing the Mets in New York and then he's facing the Pirates in, in Pittsburgh. So those yeah, are two guys. Are either of those offenses scary? They're probably not. They're they? not. That's a thing. They're not. And so, you know, Gomber, who, you know, has had some blow up efforts and everything like that, you know, his last three starts, his, his whip is 105. You know, he's got a strikeout and inning on the year. So both, you know, Gomber and Irvin are really good options for people if they're available for them this week. Let's move to the eight hole. Again, check out Rob Povia's article. I should know it's, it's updated throughout the week. So uh, check that out. It's in the seasonal section at uh, Fantasy Guru. So uh, Ray does all the writing there, and, and Rob's articles are there. Ray's going to be writing throughout the week with, with ramblings, with uh, player profiles. It's all going to be there. Uh, we moved to the eight hole, and now it's officially time for the uh, random reference. So let's get to it. And uh, got a great one today. Not only is this a guy who fits the standards of 1980 to present, the fantasy baseball era, uh, but also baseballreference.com has given us a player that we all know, we've all heard of. Um, Ray the Cobra pops up, Dave Parker, yes. who I, I think you'd look at Dave Parker and say, well, his best years were like the, the late 70s, early 80s. Mm -hmm. uh, but he played all the way up until 1991. And he still had some good years on the back end of the 80s. Uh, but Dave Parker, Ray, is one of those guys who you look at and says, that's a really good baseball player. He had some absolutely epic runs. Again, his best years were in the late 70s when he was like the most feared hitter in baseball. He really was for like three or four years. Uh, but Ray, he's, not, he's probably not going to make the Hall of Fame. I don't think he will. Uh, but he was a really, really good player, um, even into the 80s. Yeah, and I, I, it's unfortunate. I bet a lot of people remember him kind of in the Okanese, Milwaukee, Brewers zone where, you know, he, was, he wasn't moving very well and – you know, he's approaching 30, 40 years of age and his knees and all that. But like you said, man, like, you know, he won the MVP in 1978 for, for those people that forgot the year before he was third place. He actually had three finishes in the in four finishes, excuse me, in the top three in the MVP vote. Um, his career legacy would look a hell of a lot different if he had four MVPs. Right. I mean, that, yeah. that would change the entire equation. 
but I think that, you know, you looked at him and he was six, five and, you know, he did all these things offensively. And then who can forget his defense? He had a cannon out there in the outfield and there's all the you know, videos of him gunning guys down and all-star games and all that. He won three gold gloves too. I mean, he was a hell of an overall player, a gregarious guy. And boy, was he good at the peak of his career, Kyle. Like you said, he was one of the most feared hitters in all the game. Well, I, I wonder, Ray, you know, he started in 1973. Um, if he had retired, say, in 1987, after 87, he would have had a 15-year career. And, and Ray, it's like his, his average was, you know, a 300 hitter, mm-hmm. a 350 OBP, a 490 slug, 830 OPS. This is for his career. And his average year was 23, 190 with 13 steals. Mm-hmm. Now, he, he wouldn't have reached um, a whole lot of like milestone marks. You know, he, he only would have had 275 homers and all that. But I wonder if his career would have looked differently, Ray. Like maybe he doesn't get in as like a Hall of Famer, but maybe the Veterans Committee puts him in <laughs> because of what you just noted. Award-winning finishings, uh, finishes in balloting, defense. 15-year career, he wouldn't have had like the five years that kind of sullied his overall career marks. And he wasn't embarrassing at the end. Don't get me wrong. But Ray, if he'd retired at 36, I wonder if he kind of gets like the Jim Rice treatment Mm. um, and sneaks into the Hall of Fame. I don't think he does, but sometimes timing is everything with these Hall of Fame votes. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And and again, you know, he was a guy that was was pretty well liked. Um, He always had a smile on his face. He played defense and offense. He was a middle of the order hitter. And that's, you know, like you're saying, that's always the, the kind of the rub here with these guys. Because I mean, look, a couple more games at 2,500 games, you know, a couple more RBIs at 1,500 RBIs. He needed about 288 hits for 3,000. Like if he'd done those things, he gets, in, he probably gets in the Hall of Fame because people look at it and they say, ah, so you understand why the love of the game, obviously. And also, you know, shooting for those milestones is probably why he hung around. Um, it didn't quite work out. And like you said, he wasn't terrible at the end. I mean, he did finish in the top 20 in MVP vote his second to last season. So, you know, he was still a productive player. And it, it's always fascinating to, to, to look at that those guys, Kyle, and, and do what you, you said, like the balance between peak elite work versus overall career numbers. Which way do you come out better in the Hall of Fame voting, the career or the peak? Yeah. Well, I'm just reading here, Ray, back in 1981 when he was like a star there were, you know, people doing 100 best ball players of all time. And Dave Parker was on that list mm-hmm. of all time. Um, now, what happened? We should mention cocaine use happened. There's a lot of that. Yeah. Yeah. And, and that became a big issue. Yeah. He had some injuries, weight problems. Like he had a couple of years, I think, 81, 82, where he didn't play much. Mm-hmm. Um, and even he would tell you that. The other thing with Dave Parker, and I do recall this as a young child, Ray, um, seeing photos of him with like a sledgehammer on, on the on deck circle. Mm-hmm. Like that was a that's pretty badass when, when you break it down. We we need more ball players in, in the year 2021 who have a sledgehammer to warm up on the on-deck circle. We do, but my favorite look for him, which is even better than that, Kyle. Do you remember the mask? Oh yeah. The yeah, hockey mask. Man, if he had had that mask with the sledgehammer ray, that that is how you strike fear into the opposing pitcher. <laughs> it looks like Jason Voorhees out there. That's the guy from Friday the Thirteenth. Um, yeah, he he wore a mask to protect his face, and it was painted black. 
in 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 yellow for the. It's the, like the, full fledged. It's from chin to, yeah. to forehead. It's it's a hot. It's a go. It, Jason, go look up this. You know, Jason, the slasher from Friday the Thirteenth. That's what he was wearing out on the baseball field, and it was painted. Well, and then when you have the black and yellow of the pirates' uniforms too, I mean, that's yeah. this is brilliant. <laughs> God, we should put them in the Hall of Fame just for that, right? Who would do that? It's epic. Mm. So our random reference, I'm going to write that down as one of our favorites. We've been doing the random reference every podcast where we just see what we get at baseballreference.com on their random pages link. Good one today with Dave Parker. We close things down with the nine hole, our stamp of approval, something that has stood out to us and we approve of over the past few days. Ray, what do you got for us? As I'm only Ray is able to do, I'm going to do a positive and a negative at the same time. Um, I'm going to say my stamp of approval goes to Dynasty Baseball Leagues. And I say that because the Dynasty Football League at Sirius XM Fantasy Sports Radio started up this morning. And we are six picks into this draft. Okay. It's six rounds. It's 16 teams. We're six rounds into this draft. There's already been four trades. And I, I just, for the life of me, I don't understand what oh, it is. Come on. Why do you got to piss on everybody's parade, Ray? They're excited. They're having fun. I do. I, but why? You don't do that. No one in, in, a, in, a, in a dynasty draft in baseball that I'm in trades four picks for a player five minutes after the draft starts. Well, I guess a bunch of fuddy-duddies are in your dynasty baseball. Maybe. Maybe, that, maybe they're just not active. Maybe they just don't care as much as fantasy football. But uh, I, I would like a draft in fantasy football to you know, actually just be a draft personally. Again, that's not what anyone else wants to do because we're, you know, an hour and a half into this thing and there's already been four trades of draft picks. And, um, you know, there's people out there that that's, they seemingly their goal in life is to get draft picks. And that may, maybe I'm missing out here. I, I didn't win the league last year. So, okay. But uh, boy, Kyle, so it's a lot of action. I prefer baseball where you actually make. Well, this picks. sounds more like a stamp of disapproval. Well, that's what, what I'm, I'm saying. <laughs> but my, that's, it was a positive. My stamp approval is for the dynasty because I'm in a dynasty baseball league. We do this. We did this draft. You know, we got 15 players in that that league, and uh, we had two trades. I think the whole time, a whole six rounds of our draft. So we already had four of them, and we're in the first round here. My stamp of approval will be for family get-togethers. Uh, as you know, Ray, over the weekend. Um, my family, brothers, sisters, um, nieces, nephews, mom and dad, we got together for the first time since everything changed. Uh, what was it? 13, 14 months ago. Um, and I think a lot of people are doing this now and, and maybe everybody's giving, well, maybe some people are not giving it their stamp of approval. <laughs> Sometimes family get togethers can be rough, but they never have been in my family. We had a great one this past weekend. Uh, my nephew graduated from eighth grade. So that was kind of the genesis of everybody getting together. It was awesome. I uh, got to hang out, just visit. Uh, great hosting by my older brother and his wife. So Craig and Jessica, great. Congratulations to Oliver. Uh, it was phenomenal. So stamp of approval there. Didn't matter that I had to go four hours one way and four hours back way with a two-year-old in the back seat. He was well-behaved. Um, just reminded me, Ray, what we've been missing the previous 13, 14 months. Yeah, that's great, Kyle. Yeah, I'm looking forward to that. Everyone in my family will be shot up and uh, had their two weeks by next week. So we're kind of doing something similar. And yeah. it's it's been a long time. And so uh, I, I might be very positive next Monday um, after the weekend and hopefully I have the same experience you just did. Problem was, I think I gained about five pounds with all the food and the beer. Yeah, wow. What the heck? It, it never stopped. Like literally, I never had to ask for anything. It was all sitting out like 24-7 for two days. I'm magical. Yeah, yeah, magical. Now, now tonight, Ray, I'm eating salad. That's that's what yeah. is which rebound, I don't huh? mind, but there's a big reason I'm eating salad tonight. It was <laughs> what are we gonna eat tonight? Gotta be something like salad. Okay, that's what we're doing. So 
That'll get the stamp of approval, I guess, uh, later in the week. That takes us uh, to the end of this Baseball Elite podcast. Ray, as we head out the pod door, where can the listeners find you? They can find me in the chat room over at Fantasy Guru. I, of course, answer questions on Twitter at Baseball Guys, but I'm in the chat room all the time, uh, all day long, basically drifting in and out. So you, you ask those questions in there. You get more substantial answers, I will admit, than you do on free Twitter. So check that out. <laughs> Again, Twitter is at Baseball Guys for me. And then Instagram is at the Ray Flowers. Okay, and if you enjoyed this edition, uh, the free edition of the podcast, we invite you to sign up to subscribe to uh, Fantasy Guru, where not only do you get access to all this fun stuff, but you can read all of Ray's work. Like he mentioned, the chat room, it's all available. Um, For the DFS players, both Ray and I kind of handle some work with EliteFantasy.com. We do a daily live stream that starts at 5.30 every day to help you set your baseball lineups. Uh, What else am I getting? Oh, I'm going to be eating salads. So fiber, fiber, fiber for me is kind of what I'm busy with. (laughs) that'll do it for us does it for the podcast hopefully we did it for you we'll be back middle of the week another edition subscribers only of the baseball league podcast Uh, join us for that right here at fantasyguru.com